This is The Jerry Callahan Show. I've explained many times over the years my biggest regret uh, since doing this job, since being on the air, on the radio, doing a podcast, my biggest regret would be supporting the Iraq war. I was duped. I was fooled. It was stupid. I regret it. I apologize. Every time I see a wounded veteran or I see one of those commercials with the tunnels for towers or wounded warriors, it just bothers me that I was uh, supportive of that. Not that it would have made any difference, but I should not have fallen for the lies. I should not have fallen for this, this stupid endless war in Iraq. I can't stand all the principles to this day, George Bush, Colin Powell, Donald Rumsfeld. I hate them all, but I don't think I hate them as much as I hate Mitt Romney. (laughs) I don't think I hate anybody as much as I hate Mitt Romney. That's saying a lot. That's my second biggest regret because it's not as big a deal. The consequences weren't as dire but I was all in on Mitt Romney when he was governor. I was all in on Mitt Romney when he ran for president. I was genuinely uh, disappointed, heartbroken when Romney came up short and lost to Barack Obama. I wanted Mitt Romney to be president. When I say those words today, I can't believe I felt that way. I cannot believe I supported this man. We used to have him on the radio occasionally. There's one good story. I'll, I'll tell you quickly is uh, we had a program, uh, general manager on the radio station at one point who was a coward, who was a wimp. And anytime we'd talk politics or we'd have a, a politician on the show like Mitt Romney, he would get mad and he'd say, get, can't you talk about the, the Red Sox bullpen? You know, can't you get back to sports? Because he didn't like it. He didn't like the blowback because you talk politics and you, and you fight and you have some opinions. He would get a phone call or he'd get an email and he couldn't handle it. So he calls. So we're on the air one day during the New Hampshire, I think it was the day of the New Hampshire primary back when Romney was securing the uh, nomination. And uh, he calls in to our show. says, you know, you guys want to, you know, put me on? We said, sure. He calls in. The first thing he says is, love your show. You guys are my favorite. So Mitt Romney calls in, kisses <laughs> our ass. Yeah. And we talked to him and everything was great. And we said, good luck in the, in the New Hampshire primary. Good luck in the election. We finished the show. We get called in the boss's office. It's the only time I'll never forget this. The only time I've had a boss yell at me. I mean, genuinely yell, get in my face. And I got right back in his face. And he said, don't you ever put another politician on the air again. And I was like, what? That guy is going to be president. He's going to be the president of the United States. And he just called in to tell us, how much he likes us. And I was just blown away. He says, I don't care. It was his exact quote. His name was Jeff Brown. His exact quote, he says, I don't care if a helicopter landed right there in front of this building. Barack Obama got out and demanded to be on the air with you guys. You're going to say no. Don't ever put Mitt Romney or any politician on the air again. And we were going at it and yelling. Kind of knew it was probably not going to work out at that point. He ended up getting fired, of course. Uh, I ended up getting fired. Of course, that's how it goes in radio. But that's how strongly I supported Mitt Romney. And that's how much I wanted him to be president. And I look back with so much regret as I sit here today. I cannot believe I even said those words. He's a weasel, a liar, a backstabbing uh, turncoat. Here's all you need to know about Mitt Romney. He voted to impeach Donald Trump on the made up uh, Ukraine thing, the phone call that Trump made to Zelensky saying you should look into the corruption at Burisma, look in 
to the dirty deals that the Bidens are making, enriching the Biden family. Obviously, Trump was right, way ahead of his time. Obviously, it was his obligation at that point. We were supposed to be cleaning up corruption. That was Biden's job. You realize that Biden, as vice president, was supposed to be uh, helping Ukraine clean up corruption in the country, and he was knee-deep in it. He was involved in it. He was getting rich from it. His son was making $83,000 a month. And Trump said, look into that, would you, Vladimir? For that, this snake voted to impeach the the sitting president and made history. It's the first time a sitting senator voted to impeach a president of his own party. He was the only one. He did it for the same reason he did everything during his time in the Senate, to ingratiate himself to the ruling class, to the mainstream media, to the Democrats. He did this so Chuck Todd and Jake Tapper and Joe Scarborough would blow him a kiss. That's the kind of worm he is. He remains that way. He, he supported Mike Lee's opponent in Utah. Mike Lee, a rock-solid conservative, very popular in Utah. He wanted him to lose. Mitt Romney announced yesterday that he will be stepping down. He said he was getting old. And it was, it's a young man's game. He's 76. He's four years younger than the president he supports, which is obviously Joe Biden. He's not stepping down because he's getting old. He's stepping down because he was going to lose. And he knew it. He, 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 he turned his back on the voters in Utah, just like he did in Massachusetts. Think of what he did. He became governor of Massachusetts as a pro-abortion moderate. <laughs> then he went to Utah, this carpet-bagging scumbag, and became a conservative again, and somehow got elected to the Senate in Utah. They got a good look at him. They saw his true colors, and they said, no more of that. He's got internal polls. He, know, he knew it was over, so he announces he will not be seeking re-election. Well, the election's not for another, whatever, year and a half, year and three months, and uh, I can tell you exactly what he will do for the next 15 months. He will, he will take it to another level. He's going to be denouncing Trump. He's going to be uh, talking about global warming, which he did yesterday, by the way, in this announcement, talked about his fight for climate change. He's just such a superficial, shallow, uh, 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 phony. He is the phoniest, the phoniest flip-flop and fraud in Washington right now. And he's leaving because the voters were going to kick him out before he left. I just can't stand. I can't stand looking at him. I can't stand hearing from him. He's the worst of Washington. He really is. I have more respect for Nancy Pelosi or John Fetterman or, or Chuck Schumer. I really do. Uh, a couple things about this guy before we move on. We got so much to get to before we get to our NFL picks. We got to get to this disastrous Trump interview with Megyn Kelly. We only have a few clips I think the rest of it comes out today. I give Trump credit for sitting down with someone who's not a big fan, but uh, this did not go well for Donald Trump. We got the aliens in Mexico. I don't know about you, Ironhead, but I'm convinced those those are real uh, aliens. Are, I mean, <laughs> aliens are among us. Uh, what do you suppose those little dolls cost at the uh, gift shop at the hotel? What do you suppose uh, they cost this guy to to put those little dolls on display in front of Congress. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dignity and like five bucks. 
I, I tell you what, we, we've seen some embarrassing people, embarrassing performances in front of Congress here in the United States. Hell, two days ago, the great John Kennedy read from those porn books, which are in elementary school libraries now, and the people on the panel were trying to defend it. It was really embarrassing. There was one guy, he called him Mr., and he was this, I guess, gay guy, maybe non-binary, had like a, like a purple jacket on. And he corrected him and said, it's mix. <laughs> and John Kennedy went, huh? His, his, uh, whatever, uh, whatever you call it. It's not Mr. It's mix. <laughs> okay. Mix. That guy was in front of Congress. It was embarrassing. But the, in, in Mexico, they put little dolls in front of Congress and pretend they're aliens. We can get to that. It's just such a bizarre story. And, uh, I'm going to get to my uh, big, big problem with Martin Scorsese. Killers of the Flower Moon is coming out. I thought it would be awesome. It might be awesome, but I have one big problem with it, and it's pissing me off. But nothing is pissing me off more than this snake, Mitt Romney. Nothing will ever piss me off more than him because I felt so, I I feel so stupid, so foolish, so duped by this guy that I, I supported him. It's not that I would have supported Barack Obama but I sure wouldn't have put my heart and soul into Mitt Romney. A couple things about Romney. He, he called Mitt Romney, as we know, he's uh, got a big family. He's got five sons. He's got like a thousand grandkids. Uh, none of them will ever see a day in the military. Of course, three of his sons, I believe three or four are uh, in uh, private investment or whatever they call private equity. And uh, at least one of them has been involved in Burisma or in Ukraine. Maybe that's another reason he's retiring. Maybe that's all going to come out in the wash during this impeachment inquiry. Maybe James Comer has something on Romney's kid. Romney never served. His kids never served. They never will. But he supports every foreign war. He wants us to escalate Ukraine. He wants them to get F-16s. He wants American troops on the ground. I guarantee if they put a vote today, should we put troops on the ground in Ukraine, he would be all in. He'd take to the to the floor of the Senate, he'd make a big speech about how we have to send our sons and daughters to Ukraine. Not his, just ours. Um, he had the gall to criticize uh, Tulsi Gabbard, who, former Democrat senator, uh, congressperson from Hawaii, former Democrat, former Bernie bro, but she's seen the light. She she's, speaks out against the war in Ukraine all the time. He called her a traitor. She served in the military. She served, I believe, six years in the military, then, then was in the military reserves. She, he calls her a traitor. Is this his uh, tweet about her? He tweeted, Tulsi Gabbard is pat- parroting false Russian propaganda. Her treasonous lies may cost lives. May cost lives. So his support of the war has cost, oh, I don't know, 400,000. We don't know the exact number of uh, uh, lives. In Ukraine, four to 500,000. Uh, but Tulsi Gabbard, who doesn't want to just escalate this war, just keep it going forever, she's going to cost lies. And he has the gall, the gall to call her a traitor. God, he is just disgusting. Uh, not just her. You know who he hates more than anybody? He hates. He literally says he has no respect for J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance is now a senator from Ohio. Most people know his story. Uh, yeah, uh, Tulsi Gabbard was in the army starting in 2003. She's still in the reserves. This, 
and and he calls her, he accuses her of treason. Uh, J.D. Vance was in the Marine Corps. As we know, J.D. Vance grew up dirt poor in uh, in Ohio. Everybody knows the story. Hillbilly Elegy was the best-selling uh, book, his, his biography. Uh, after the Marine Corps, he had to join the Marine Corps out of high school. He couldn't just go to college. He was poor. Joined the Marine Corps, went to Iraq, came back, uh, worked his way through Ohio State, then went to Yale Law School, then made money in private business, then went to... Uh, and then uh, ran for the Senate in his home state and won as a principled conservative. Mitt Romney hates him, says he has no respect for him. Well, I could tell you right now where I come down on those two. J.D. Vance has a future. J.D. Vance uh, doesn't care what Chuck Todd says about him. This weasel, that's the most important thing in the world to him. And just to top it all off, on the last day, on the last on the day he announces that he will be quitting. He'll be turning tail and running because the Utah voters uh, were going to kick him out. By the way, he's not going to, he'll, he'll, he won't spend 10 minutes in Utah after uh, this term expires. He's 76. So his term expires. He'll be 77 or 78 and uh, he'll be gone. He has a house like on the water and uh, the San Diego, you know, you know, has like mansions all over the place. He'll be on the water in California or wherever. He'll probably be in Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard. He'll never go back to Utah. Just he's never going to go back to wherever he lived, Belmont, Massachusetts. He's a carpetbagger, a weasel, a liar, a snake. And as he makes his announcement, of course, they ask about the uh, impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden and the mountain of evidence against Joe Biden that anybody with eyes can see, anybody. I don't understand these Republicans. This is a handful of Republicans, Ken Buck and this guy and a few others who say they haven't seen the evidence yet. Well, why don't you look at it? Hell, pick up the paper, get online, talk to James Comer, talk to Jim Jordan. There's, there's mountains of evidence. And even if you haven't seen it, you'd, you'd say, I'm going to wait and see. No, Mitt Romney says, oh, I haven't seen anything that would lead me to believe he should be impeached. He's talking about Joe Biden. There was nothing on Donald Trump, literally nothing. And he voted with the Democrats, the only Republican to do that, the only guy in American history to vote against, to vote to impeach a president of his own party. Let's listen to him as uh, he says goodbye. Go ahead. How did you deal with China? What about a impeachment on a, another impeachment trial, potentially? Uh, you know, I know the House is beginning an impeachment inquiry. Um, I haven't heard any allegation of something that would rise to the level of a high crime or misdemeanor. I think it'd be very unusual to actually see a referral of impeachment. I, I don't expect that. To- okay, so making a phone call to Ukraine saying, look into that corrupt company, Burisma, that was enough for him to vote to impeach the president, a guy in his own party. Uh, he did that because Donald Trump didn't hire him, didn't appoint him as a uh, Secretary of State, that's what he wanted after he groveled and begged Trump. Trump didn't do that, so he said he spent the rest of his term trying to destroy Trump like so many guys in Washington do. Um, Doesn't see anything worth uh, impeaching Joe Biden. There was plenty on Trump, right, Mitt? You lie. You know what? I think everything, Mitt, I think everything in his life is a lie. I think he cheats on his wife. I think he cheats on his wife, you know, like Dave. I think he's got a harem at home. I think he drinks. I think he does drugs. I think he's, I think I'm, I'm, I don't know, but a guy who would lie about everything, who would, a guy who would flip flop the way he flip flops. Why should we believe anything about him? I don't believe he's a, 
a good uh, a good Mormon. I think he. I don't think he wears magic underwear. I really don't. I think everything about him is phony, and I'm glad he's gone. This is a good week. Uh, we get the impeachment inquiry. Uh, we got uh, Mitt stepping down. That is a good thing. And uh, I'm, he's too old to be, you know, a regular, I think, on MSNBC. But they'll have him on there and he'll giggle with Joe Scarborough and and they'll talk about, you know, he was just a man of principle and he couldn't stand the way Washington is going anymore. You know, this populist movement just couldn't stand these MAGA extremists. He just couldn't deal with them anymore. So he had to step down. What a weasel. Anyway, good day. Goodbye, Mitt. Good riddance. Pierre Delecto. That's what kind of phony he is. He had a had a burner account on Twitter. Pierre Delecto. I forgot like about good, that. A good Mormon, a good decent man would do that. Uh, have a, a burner account, you know, to attack your enemies. What a fraud! Shame on you, Utah, electing this guy. Shame on you. Anyway, uh, we'll get to. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mitt is an atheist, says Robert on the. Uh, on the comment line, no question. He's an atheist, you know, and he's probably a, everything about him is a lie. Everything he says, everything he does, you cannot trust him. You cannot believe him, but I guess, you know, he's, I guess he's going to be gone soon enough. That is a good thing. A good thing for Utah. Good thing for this country. I'm rooting for this guy, Trent Skaggs, this, uh, this, uh, mayor, uh, mayor who's running, who was ready to run against him. I'm happy for him. Hopefully they don't put anyone else in there. I like this young guy. He's good. Anyway, let's get to Trump. Uh, let's get to uh, Romney's nemesis, Donald J. Trump. I'll give him credit, first of all. He went on, he sat down for a long interview with Megyn Kelly. Megyn Kelly is not a fan. Trump is not a fan of hers. They famously clashed in a debate years ago uh, when uh, she accused him of calling women fat pigs. He said, oh, no, just Rosie. And it got a good laugh. It was a good line. It's not true. He's called other women things, but so what? He calls everybody fat pigs. I'm looking forward to him calling uh, Chris Christie a fat pig to his face if they ever get on the debate stage together. I give him credit for going on, for doing this. And it, it, I think it stands obviously in stark contrast to the coward in the White House who wouldn't do this with anybody. He, he hasn't done a press conference on American soil in like almost a year. He doesn't sit down and do an interview with anyone unless they're going to give him a foot massage. Uh, I predict the next sit-down interview that Joe Biden does, I'll predict it is with uh, Jen Psaki. That's my prediction. She's at MSNBC now. She's doing the same thing she did when she worked at the White House. She's an official, she's a a spokesperson for Joe Biden, a liar, a a full-time liar for the Biden administration. He will sit down with Jen Psaki and say, look, he does interviews. He's not afraid. Well, we know, we know what that'll be. We know that'll just be a slobber session and she'll just sit there and talk about how he loves his son and he struggled after Bo died. That's the reason he sent Hunter around the world as his bag man. We can get to that. But this did not go well for Donald Trump. Now, I haven't seen the old, whole interview yet. I'm looking forward to it. I, it feels like there's real tension in the air. Megyn Kelly is really good at this. But they released a couple of clips, and I'm just going to say, if the interview as a whole is anything like this, it is a disaster. Uh, there's one thing here that if you're uh, one of his opponents, if you're DeSantis or Vivek or Nikki Haley, you latch on to hell. If you're Joe Biden, you latch on to it for the, uh, for the general election. But I, I don't get 
Trump's stance on the on the whole COVID thing. He should say his answer to everything should be, we didn't know anything. We didn't know. We had no idea. I did not know Fauci was such a liar. I did not know that the vaccine wasn't going to work. We didn't know whether we should leave schools open. You know, we made mistakes. He just can never, ever admit a mistake. I mean, it's a flaw. It was a mistake to shut down the country. It was a mistake to listen to Fauci. Obviously, that's not defensible, but it it is not stopping Trump from defending it. I know it's his instinct to defend everything and, 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 you know, be, uh, uh, be stubborn, you know, just stick to your guns. I know that's his style. That's his tact. But this is impossible. You can't do this, Donald Trump. You can't think that keeping Fauci on, in charge, listening to Fauci, was smart. You can't think it was the only way you could have gone. You could have fired him. You could have shoved him aside. Hell, he, he says he didn't fire Fauci because the media would be upset. Um, that's a reason. That's another reason to fire him. That's not a reason to keep him. He thought the media would have a meltdown if you fired Fauci. So what? And if you didn't want to fire him, just shove him aside. Don't listen to him. Don't put him in front of the cameras every day. That is going to be a problem in the election for Trump. I know he's running away with the nomination and uh, there's probably no stopping him now. But when the subject, this is probably why he's not going to debate or do many more interviews, because there is no defense for what he did on COVID other than we just didn't know anything, just didn't know what what was going on. We didn't understand the virus. We didn't know the ramifications of shutting schools and closing businesses. You know, looking back, of course, we would do things differently. Of course, we would leave the country open like Sweden did. <laughs> it did not save lives shutting down the country, closing schools, closing businesses. It didn't save lives. It didn't help. It was a really, really big mistake. But I guess in his mind, he can't admit such things. Here's a, is this the cut on Fauci? Yeah. This is unbelievable. She's asking about giving Fauci accommodation. I cannot believe his response. Let's listen. For years, you've been saying that the reason you didn't fire Anthony Fauci uh, was because he'd been there for a long time, that you would have taken heat, that it would have created a firestorm, quoting your words. Then for the first time in May... I also said I didn't listen to him too much. I'm getting there. But then in in May, you started saying, well, he's a civil servant, so I couldn't technically. The truth is, though, not only did you not fire Fauci, who is loathed by many, many millions of Republicans in particular, but also some Democrats. By the way, you made him a star. You made him a star. This is the criticism of you, that you made him the face of the White House coronavirus. You think so? That he was at every presser, that he was (laughs) running herd for the administration on COVID and that you actually gave him a presidential commendation before you left office. Wouldn't you like a do over on that? Uh, I don't know who gave him the commendation. I really don't know who gave him the accommodation. Well, President's accommodation. One went off Mark Somebody Miller, probably handed him accommodation. He probably, but let me just tell you about Fauci. Fauci was very important in the Biden administration, much less important. If you know, he didn't want to stop China. He wanted to let everyone come in from China. I stopped it. I overrode it. I overrode many of the things he did. He was much less important to me. Now, with that all being said, he's been there for years. He was respected. He lost a lot of the respect because of COVID, but he was respected. <laughs> he was. What? 
first of all, do you want a do-over? Yes, I would. You know, let's be honest. Of Done. course, we would all like a do-over. I'd like a do-over on um, Mitt Romney or in the Iraq war. Of course, I'd like a do-over on the vaccine. We all, we all make mistakes, Donald. We all have regrets. This is one he should have. This is one he has, I'm sure, in, in his heart. And he wants to, and he says, "Who? I don't know who gave him the presidential commendation. He, <laughs> I'm looking at the, uh, this is a story from, uh, is this, uh, this is from Fox Digital. Dateline Washington, date January 19th, 2021. On his last day in office, President Donald Trump issued commendations to a number of people for their contributions to Operation Warp Speed, the White House effort to distribute the vaccine. A few names on the commendations list stood out, particularly Dr. Anthony Fauci and Dr. Deborah Burks. Um, he pinned the freaking medal on him. <laughs> And he says, I don't know who gave him the, uh, uh, that's not the answer we were looking for, Donald. Isn't he not ready for that question? Here's a couple more people who got uh, commendations that day. Mark Milley, oh God, Jared Kushner, uh, uh, Fauci, Burks, there's like hundreds, I mean not hundreds, there's dozens of them. He could just say, we gave a lot of them out that day and didn't give it a lot of thought and just, there you go, have the medal. We're going home now. We're done. Uh, but you can't say, I don't know who gave him the medal. <laughs> what kind of answer is that? <laughs> oh, God, for his sake, for Trump's sake, I hope this is not just one of many gaffes in the, in this interview. Um, it's crazy the respect he, he has for Megyn Kelly, though. She, he, this is one of the few people you don't see him try to barrel over. He actually like would stop and let her speak. Yeah, that's true. And she's good at it. And she says, I'll get to that. She doesn't let him, he doesn't let her get away with it. And maybe the whole interview goes like this. Maybe this is just one gaffe in an hour long interview. We will see. And again, I'll give him credit for doing this, for sitting down. But this is why he's not debating because he can't defend COVID. If he just said, yeah, we need to do over. We all made mistakes. DeSantis, you made mistakes. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Haley, whatever, Scott, you guys all, we all made mistakes. We didn't know what was going on. We didn't understand it. You can't say everything you did was the right thing to do, including giving a medal to Fauci. Oh, man, that's going to leave a mark. Um, what else we got? There's only a couple of clips, as I said, been released, and none of them, none of them uh, are uh, a good look for uh for our 45th president. This but, is uh, uh, this is the the one that most people bring up, and it's uh, him pumping the COVID shot some more. Oh, God. Not, not, uh, this, in a Republican primary, this is a mistake. Big people time. know it didn't work. The people who still believe in the COVID thing, they're, they're fools and they're, uh, they're liberals. They're Democrats. This is not, there's no Republican out there who still thinks, Forcing people to get this shot, young, healthy people, was a good idea. But he'll defend it to the end, I guess. Let's watch. But I have people on the other side. I don't, not my side, although probably there's some on my side too. They said, you saved 100 million people because I got it done in nine months as opposed to five years to 12 years. A lot of people. You're proud of it. No, I'm not proud of it. I'm saying what Democrats think. Democrats. I get it. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not somebody who denies some of the good yeah, that the vaccines yeah. did. I, I lived through that too. But yeah. of course, a lot of people have been vaccine injured. And that's one of the questions. Those people are mad that they were rushed through and that they can't sue. 
Well, I never gave mandates, and people have to make up their own, you know, make their own decision. As far as I'm concerned, now some places had mandates, very strong mandates, uh, largely Democrat governors, and probably some Republicans, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there are Democrats that say, "Why aren't you talking about that?" It's one of the they really believe strongly. One said, "You say," and this is very smart people. They said, you saved 100 million people worldwide. Uh, in 1917, you know, they, it could have been as much as 100 million. It ended the First World War because all the soldiers were dying of, of this horrible disease of 1917. You know, it actually ended the First World War. The soldiers were dying. They were on the lines. They're fighting and they're dying. of. This. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking well, about. That is your answer that you saved a hundred. The Democrats think you said, how would he have saved a hundred million? A million Americans died, right? Seven million people, I believe, worldwide. So the vaccine saved a hundred million people. Now, it's debatable. It's questionable. I know you don't believe it saved anyone, Ironhead. Maybe it saved some elderly, some obese people. Maybe it gives, gave some you know 90-year-old people a chance to live a couple more years. But nobody thinks it saved healthy young people and i mean young like anybody under 60 nobody thinks that forcing young people forcing children and high school kids and college kids to get the shot was a good idea they're nobody, all they're all placebo they, they don't mean it they're all placebos just to make people feel better that's my right thought. right oh man so well, we're going to get to the conspiracy i'm going to i'm going to put your uh conspiracy theory chops to the test today when we get to the, <laughs> to the aliens that went before <laughs> the uh, Mexican Congress yesterday. We can get to that and uh, we'll get to my uh, criticism of Martin Scorsese. And today is NFL uh, NFL picks day. I'm, I don't know why I'm excited about this. I'm excited for this uh, NFL weekend uh, to see the Jets Cowboys, which I'm making a editorial decision and adding that to my picks list. And uh, the Patriots Dolphins, I mean, the Dolphins the offense against this Patriot defense, lots of good games. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, Trump's interview comes out, I believe, today for his sake. I want to support, I want to like, I like Trump. I'm going to root, I'm going to support Trump uh, in the general election, of course. I don't care if he's running against Biden or Gavin Newsom or Kamala Harris, of course. But I watch an interview like this and I'm back to kind of holding my breath, hoping he'll get through it without saying something dumb like, I don't know who gave him the commendation. Uh, And again, at least he's willing to sit down. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure he looks back. He'll look back on this interview and think it was a good idea to sit down with Megyn Kelly. And maybe this means he won't do another one. Uh, another interview with an, an adversarial uh, reporter or podcast host or whoever, but uh, I don't think this one went well. It's not going to affect him. I mean, the, he doesn't do debates because he's got such a big lead. I understand. Maybe he won't do interviews. Maybe he'll pull a Biden and just stop doing interviews, but he's got to bone up on his COVID responses before the general election, before the big debates. He has to have a better answer than I saved a hundred million people and I don't know who gave Fauci accommodation or I would have fired Fauci, but the media would have had a meltdown. That's another one that's going to leave a mark. I'm sorry, not a good look for DJT. Uh, and as uh, Robert points out, he still well, This is one of his great flaws and, and I'm not saying he's Mitt Romney. No, I am not but he still wants to be loved by the New York times. He still talks to Maggie Haberman. He calls her his therapist. 
<laughs> okay. Enough of that. Enough of that, Donald Trump. You don't uh, you don't need those people. They are not your friends. Uh, we got to move. I want to get to a couple more stories. Before we get to our NFL picks, I want to hear uh, Iron, see if Ironhead is falling for this uh, latest, uh, ele- uh, I was going to say illegal aliens. <laughs> <laughs> right right country, wrong type. These are, these are real aliens. And I think I'm convinced mm-hmm. there's this space, there's life on other planets. Look, some guy put a couple of ET dolls in front of the Mexican Congress. I'm all in. We'll get to that. Lots more. But first, excuse me. Imagine this. It's the dead of the night. You're lying in bed. Suddenly you hear something go bump. What's your next move? Well, you reach for the ultimate solution. The new MC-14 T tip-up pistol from EAA Corp and Gerson. This game-changing firearm is perfect for those with limited hand strength, disabilities, or anyone seeking a comfortable and user-friendly alternative. Picture this. The MC-14T features an ingenious tip-up barrel design, making loading and unloading a breeze. Say goodbye to struggles while racking a slide. Just load the tip-up barrel, lock it back down, and you're ready to fire. The MC-14T is chambered in 380 ACP, boasting a 13-plus-1 round capacity, with its reliable stopping power and compact size, it's an excellent choice for personal defense, complete with accessory rail and ambidextrous safeties. Experience a new level of convenience available with all EAA Corp distributors, starting at an incredibly affordable MSRP of just $498. Don't miss out on this game-changing firearm. Visit eaacorp.com today. That's eaacorp.com. Uh, let me just ask. Let me just ask. Uh, you think these are real space aliens, Ironhead? I, I don't. Also, even if they are, we found out during COVID that no one actually cares because the Navy came out and was like, look what we found. Right. And no one gave a shit. I don't. I'm, I'm, I don't believe there are aliens. And every time I see a story about UFOs, Tucker used to do them. Matt Walsh talks about them on his show. And I just I skip fast forward. I don't I don't believe it. I don't care. I don't feel like. I, I told you I got a friend who's uh, got a PhD from MIT and he said, uh, we've explored every planet for the hundred million light years away. There's no life. And if there were, that life would be so advanced that if it could reach this, this uh, planet, we wouldn't find them dead in a ditch. You know, we would be, they would be, take us over. They'd be so advanced, so intelligent. They would be superior if they could come from a hundred million light years away and land here, they wouldn't be this this clump of whatever in the dirt. That that's not how they would uh, just they would they would uh, reach this planet. It would, it would be much more advanced and more frightening. So I don't think it's happening. But anyway, uh, Jamie Mousen is the guy's name. He's led investigations into alien phenomena for decades. He stood with scientists in uh, in the Mexican Congress and unveiled two corpses on what he called was a watershed event on Tuesday. The researchers made the extraordinary claim that the corpses presented in windowed boxes supposedly recovered in Peru were not part of our terrestrial evolution, with a 30% chance of their genetic composition still unknown. One of them apparently had eggs, so there is a female. Oh, I'm sorry, not a female. Maybe it's a non-binary. Maybe it's a transgendered male so we don't know the pronoun. Uh, as soon as, as, soon as someone the, starts 
starts explaining they thems to aliens, they're blowing up this planet and it's over anyway. Right. Uh, <laughs> carbon dating by the National Autonomous University of Mexico found the bodies pictured with three fingered hands, no teeth and stereoscopic vision were more than 1000 years old. The bizarre presentation has triggered a frenzy of excitement among conspiracy theorists online, but it's also drawn skepticism. You think? I'm sorry. You gotta be a real, you know, real nut job to think that when aliens come to this planet, they're gonna look like ET. Uh, there was some funny stuff online though. There was this someone posted the two of them and said, "This is the uh, this is the 2024 presidential debate." <laughs> My favorite was uh, uh, one of the uh, they Joe Fetterman's baby picture. Yeah, <laughs> I saw um, one with Feinstein and uh, and Pelosi on them. It was it was a very funny day. Look, look at this. I mean, honest to God, I'd more. I think if aliens come, they're more likely to look like John Fetterman or or, or Gerald <laughs> Nadler, or, or so. yeah. they're not going to look like this. This is ET. I mean, this is so silly. This is in front of Congress in Mexico. <laughs> Uh, not going to work this time. Try again. Better luck next time. Nobody's falling for it. No, there's no excitement. I'm sorry. This isn't, I'm reading from the daily mail. There's not excitement online. Nobody believes this. The craziest Alex Jones conspiracy nut, uh, you know, out in the area 51 in a trailer does not believe this. It's just, this was a really lame attempt. And I can't believe they even went with this in Congress. Speaking of aliens from outer space, uh, John Fetterman made a second appearance. This is two appearances in two days, correct? I think it was later on oh. yesterday. Oh, this is the same day. Well, yeah, one day. So he appeared uh, twice in one day, which is pretty amazing. Did another interview. This is with Fox News. We thought the last one was bizarre when he did the, ooh, that thing. Didn't really speak, just went, ooh. Uh, that was really strange. He had gym shorts on. He was in the halls of the Senate. That was nothing. So ooh, ooh, don't do it. Fox News. Stops to talk to Fox News, and he has a cardboard cutout of Bob Casey, the other senator from Philadelphia, from Pennsylvania, <laughs> like stuck, pinned to his chest. It's like a two-headed monster, which is pretty frightening when you consider Fetterman is one of the heads. But he literally does the interview with Casey's face stuck on his chest and doesn't acknowledge it or say anything about it. Just stands there and does an interview. This guy is... I mean, I guess he's more interesting these days. He's no longer in the hospital with <laughs> yeah. depression or no longer, you know, just sitting alone in a dark room. He's out, he's, he's out socializing, which is good to see. I think he's making progress, but I still can't believe this is a sitting U.S. Senator. Let's watch. You basically dared House Republicans to launch this impeachment inquiry. Now they have... Yeah. Do you oh, regret it? No, please don't do it. it. It's just like those dangerous men over there, you know, the the cheap thrills and everything. I, I don't know. It's just to me, it's it's just like the, if they got to do it, they got to do it. You know, are, are you confident? a political loser? Are you <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. I mean, he just does the whole thing yeah. with the thing on his chest and doesn't say anything. And she didn't. Maybe she asked and we didn't see it. But uh, wouldn't you say, why are you wearing this guy's face on your chest? <laughs> to be fair, he probably thought it was his wife. Uh, honest to God, it's, it's not going well for John Fetterman. And this is on you, Pennsylvania. You sent this vegetable to the Senate and, oh, he's only got five more years. Five more years. 
That is not going to go well. All right, let's get to the, uh, let's get to this killer killers of the flower moon. If you don't know the story, uh, it's about, uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating. In fact, hold on. I got the book right here. Uh, uh, there it is. I'm trying to get, uh, let me get, here's the book. Uh, there's the book right here. I'm, uh, I don't know, hundred pages in. It's not an easy read, but it is pretty fascinating. It's a very highly acclaimed book, book of the year by everybody. When it came out, uh, one review riveting, a master of spinning delicious multi-tailed mysteries. It will sear your soul, says reviewer Dave Eggers. This will sear your soul. It's a wild story about uh, a serial killer in the 1920s in Oklahoma where they discovered oil and the Native Americans who lived there got rich. They had like, they had like limo drivers and maids, <laughs> these, these uh, Native Americans who lived there because of the oil. And then you could tell in the trailer, you'll see that there were bad guys. De Niro plays a bad guy trying to get the oil. And it was the beginning of the CIA. I mean, the CIA, the FBI. This is when the, the birth, this includes the birth of the FBI and a young secretive director, J. Edgar Hoover, who sends down his men to solve the murder. But uh, so I was excited. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, who's a moon bat, but a brilliant actor. He's the star. He plays a really, he plays a great looking character. You'll see if we play the trailer. De Niro plays the bad guy. Bunch of other guys in this, my, my, <laughs> couple of my favorite singers, performers Jason Isbell and Sturgill Simpson are in it. They have roles in this. I'm excited to see them. Anyway, I think the music will be good. The cinematography, all that stuff. It'll be great. It's Scorsese. He has a $200 million budget. Um, so I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. The trailer drops and I'm pissed. Three hours and 26 minutes, three and a half hours. There's Okay, how about this? In the last 50 years, name me a movie three and a half hours long that's any good. That's uh, great. The Godfather. Okay, that was 50 years ago. Oh, yeah. That was actually probably more than that, right? Uh, just about. And, and, and fine. This is exception every rule. But this is the arrogance of Scorsese, thinking if he made it, if he's in it, if he did it, that it's going to be worth the time. It's not. Nothing's worth three and a half hours. I could have sat with him in the editing room and cut half an hour out of it. Easy. 45 minutes, easy. That's the process of editing is when you cut things you don't want to cut, you cut things you think are good. That means the stuff you left is better. But you can't tell me the country's going to show up for a three and a half hour movie. I guess you stream it, you watch it over two days or whatever. Uh, that's one thing. I think it was a mistake with the Irishman. I think the Irishman sucked. I liked and it. I, I, I fell asleep three times. I just It took me a week to get through it. It was slow. It was boring. It was terrible. Uh, you just liked it because it was De Niro and Scorsese. You I thought really I thought De Niro was the worst part of the movie, by far. Well, he was the Irishman. Yeah, <laughs> but, but one, it was all crap, anyways, because he didn't do even close to the stuff, the amount of stuff I, that, that I would wake up uh, and then the next day try to figure out where I fell asleep, and it did like three times to get through it. It was it was way too I, long and too slow. Um, let's let's watch the trailer before we get to our uh, to to Montante and our NFL picks. I want to. It's it's hard. It's not a good audio. It's a visual, you know, with the music and the real sweeping, you know, uh, scenes in the uh, in, in the Oklahoma desert or whatever in the Oklahoma plains with the wind and the trees and everything. That's all good. It looks good, but three and a half hours. 
that's a vanity project saying, look, I'm so good. You'll sit there for three and a half hours. Maybe, maybe on a cross country flight, that's where it's good for watch. Next time I go on a cross country flight or a flight to Europe, which I don't know if, when that'll be, but that's what I'm going to watch. Let's uh, let's check it out. Well, 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 our war hero has arrived. You made a good choice coming back here. Those days are the finest, wealthiest, and most beautiful people on God's earth. They outsmarted everybody. They have the say. Who gets the oil? Son, I got a question. You like women? <laughs> That's my weakness. <laughs> 20-year-old well, we women. these families together, and that estate money flows the right direction. It'll come to us. Shomikasi. That's how you are. I don't know what you said, but it must have been Indian for handsome devil. <laughs> Why did you come here? I work with my uncle. You scared of him? Oh, he's, a, he's the nicest man in the world. The old this is going to be good. The time is over. We got to take back control of our home. I was sent down from Washington, D.C. to see about these murders. We have so many deaths, we've lost count. It's just bad luck. Seems more like an epidemic than bad luck to me. Osage is dying by the enemy. Do not let them die alone. Evil surrounds my heart. Uh, we get it. It's uh, great reviews already. I'm gonna give my I'm gonna give my review. Really good movie. Way way too long. That's my review. I'm gonna, and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna leave wanting more, Jerry. That looks dark. I like dark. I'm all in on dark, but it looks dark. De Niro looks evil, which is cool. I mean. I tweeted about this and half the tweets were about they hate De Niro now because he's a big, you know, liberal who hates Trump and all that. But I'm saying, you know, DiCaprio's a liberal. Jason Isbell's, they're all liberal. So what? You got to get up past that. De Niro has been a great actor. He looks like a pretty, that's a pretty interesting character. And DiCaprio looks amazing. He looks like, he looks like in a way, like the, the character he played in Departed, all burnt out and tormented, you know, and his bags under his eyes that kind of thing, trying to do the right thing against these evil forces. Back then it was Nicholson, now it's De Niro. It's good. I'm telling you, it'll be good. But no one's going to think it wasn't long enough. <laughs> no one's going to walk out wanting more. But All right, let's get to Shea and then get to our guy Montante and get to this NFL weekend beginning, uh, what's tonight? What's tonight? Vikings at Eagles? Man, the Eagles got to play again. Five days after that, brutal. That game was brutal uh, against the Patriots. Big win. They get to play again. That's not natural. That's not – the human body's not built to, to play two NFL games in four days. It really isn't. But uh, we will see. Uh, Ironhead's a roll, right? Yeah, I think 500? I went 500, so it's pretty wow. pretty good. Unless Montante Ironhead tells me something. 500, and he's in the lead for the first time in two years. We'll see if he can keep it up. <laughs> Right after this. Uh, 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 excuse me.
As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com and... While you're there, you can look for a job. Shake Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. All right. Well, uh, Craig is now a Democrat just running on fake news. So nice <laughs> to see you, Craig. You're just making things up now. I just you said guys it. Both, no, you guys both finished one and three last week. I finished 500, so I'm back to where, oh. if you don't believe me, Craig, I'll explain why. Detroit, I was the only one who had Detroit plus four and a half. Oh, you yeah. guys both had Kansas City. Yep. Second game, only one that had Philly. So now I'm two and oh, oh, yeah. two that's games. right. That's Craig's right. the only one that had the Jets, which, you know, we sacrificed Aaron Rodgers for that, so he was right. And then both <laughs> Craig and I were wrong on the Chicago game. So you guys are both one and three. I'm two and two, Craig. Come on, get better. I oh, said, to be I'm fair, sorry. I said until he tells me I'm wrong. I don't remember is what I, I said. Take it back. I take it back. Matante's in the lead. Last year, he won in a rout. He ran away with it. I was second. And uh, Ironhead made history uh, last year with perhaps the worst <laughs> record yes. anyone has ever had. Ever. Making NFL picks. Uh, Ironhead, uh, Matante's a degenerate gambler friend who's really good at this. I have to give it to you, man. You are good at this. Uh, you must not. Drink when you make your picks, right? You you do it sober. I get this. I get this out of the way in the morning because by nighttime. But that's where I lose all my money after I start boozing. Now I'm starting to lie bet stuff. I knew that. Every everything's everything's on the tables. That's where I get crushed. I knew that. I knew that. So two and two is not a bad record to start. I we're adding. You know what? It's up to you. But I'll do five games every week if you want. I wanted to add the Jets, Cowboys because I find this game fascinating. I wanted to talk to you. We almost called you earlier in the week, but I thought you would be inconsolable. <laughs> you're an actual Jet fan. And unlike Mike Greenberg, you're an actual Jet fan. You don't pretend to be a Jet fan. Just how devastating was it 75 seconds into Aaron Rodgers' Jets career when he goes down? And you kind of knew right away, despite what they were saying, you knew right away it was Achilles, he was gone, and your backup stinks. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, the the entrance came out. It was unreal. I haven't looked forward to the Jets since I was in high school. So I've been counting down the days since July, August. The Mets did nothing for me. So I was so high, 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 just feeling, feeling fantastic. And then, yeah, once he laid down, it wasn't like, oh, it was his ankle hurt or whatnot. You knew it was over. And then you saw the slow motion of his Achilles rolling up. Yeah, it was terrible. Craig called me maybe... 20 minutes after the injury, and I didn't even con- – now, this, this, now he's got the great uh, – thanks for the clip, you scumbag. And I, <laughs> I ignored it immediately. I had no intention of talking to Craig or anybody. Put my phone off for a few hours, but the Jets completed the comeback, and I still think we'll make the playoffs, but it was, it was I, a disaster. I thought, honestly, you were super legit Super Bowl contender with Aaron Rodgers. You're not anymore. 
but do you think you can go 500 with Zach Wilson? The Jets, they're not. They're not. Zach Wilson will be the starting quarterback for the next two to three games. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Gardner Minshew or uh, Jacoby Brissett or Mitch Trubisky uh, or even Carson Wentz. But all we need is a middle-of-the-road quarterback to let this defense win us games and not lose the game. Now, Zach Wilson can lose you a game or two. He's terrible. He certainly can't win it. So I think a move, there is a move to be made. We don't know it yet. You, and there has it has to be made, or there'll be an uprising. You got so much talent, these young studs, these sauce god, the new guys you're bringing in, Delvin Cook. You can't turn around and say we're riding with this guy because you know they have no faith in him. They they practice with him every day. They played preseason with him. They know he can't do it. As I've explained, it's not physical. Physically, he's good, man. He can move. He can throw. Yeah. He doesn't have the brain. Mental, he, no, definitely not. Definitely not. And it's funny. You look at the one touchdown he threw. It was an awful pass. It right. was just an unbelievable catch. By the, you know, you want to give him credit for the red zone touchdown. It was a terrible pass. Someone tried to do highlights of Zach Wilson and there were only two, you know, that was one. And there was like one other throw and the rest yeah. was a disaster. He pulled out the win because Josh Allen was worse, was literally worse than Zach Wilson, but you can't have that amount of talent on the field on both sides of the ball and leave the ball in his hands or they, they'll, they'll start, you know, sniping. They'll be off the record comments and the players will, Yeah. So they got to get someone. The latest rumor, by the way, was Ben Roethlisberger coming out of retirement. Oh, my God. Somehow I picture picture him weighing like 400 pounds at this point. Probably. Yeah. And I I I tweeted it out. No, we need a quarterback, but we also need a mobile quarterback. He doesn't have to run 100%. Look how he runs here, too. This O-line is like still a little little shaky, so you have to have a little mobility. So Big Ben couldn't move 20 years ago. Sure as hell can't move today, so. We'll see. We'll see. No, and the I, GM is on the I, last year of his contract. So he's, he's, you know, doing this for his, for his job. So he's going to be, we're, we're making a move. I still know what it is yet. I wish, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I wish Kaepernick would come back. Oh, that'd be great. You know, that'd be fun. Stop. Uh, Don't even, know. come on. What are you doing? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the Jets are Stop. interesting. That's all. That's very interesting. And seeing him play in New York for the Jets would be fascinating. Let's start with that game since I added it to the, uh, slate of four this is not tonight's game but it is interesting jets at cowboys minus i mean jets plus nine and a half do i have that right i'll I'll go first i can't picture that team i saw beat buffalo with that defense those running backs those receivers mm, i can't picture them losing by double digits i mean they probably will probably by 40 we saw the cowboys destroy the giants but that defense is too good to give ten points uh, to get ten points, isn't it? Where is this game? No, no, no. It's, it's in Dallas, hence the uh, nine and a half. This is a college number. Now the Jets do have a, they have top four defense. And when Aaron Rodgers went down, a hush went over the stadium. But the Jets team still had that pizzazz. They had that spice. They had that hope. Now it's it's settled in that Zach is going to be the guy going forward. You're not going to have that if they get punched in the mouth quick, which they will. They're not going to be able to keep this game close. I think this gets ugly. Um, mm-hmm. It is a huge number. I get why you're taking it, but I think this game, I, the Jets might score six points, nine points. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it that way, are they going to hold Dallas under 20? Probably not. I think Dallas lays it on them, unfortunately. I'd love to be wrong again on the Jets. I hope they cover. I hope they win, but I, I'm going to lay the, the big number, minus nine and a half. I'm, I'm also, also going to do that because I, well, I still think the spirit of Aaron Rodgers' entrance from Monday night is still in the team. So they might get a defensive yeah. touchdown, but it's still not going to be enough. That's that's solid analysis. The mm-hmm. spirit of Aaron Rodgers still there. Yeah. All right. Tonight, tonight's Vikings Eagles, correct? Correct. 
Uh, Vikings at Eagles. Eagles uh, won, but were not impressive, Mm-mm. in my opinion. Second half, uh, no, they were not. They, they had 250 yards. That was fewer than they had in any game last year. Uh, they're supposed to be undefeated, according to Andrew Brandt this year. So um, the Vikings lost to Tampa Bay last week. Um, they're at the Eagles. Eagles minus six and a half. I don't know. I guess I got to go with the Eagles because it feels like they lost. feels like they still have something to prove after struggling against the Patriots, going home and uh, riding high. And uh, they're good. They're a good team. Really good team. So I'm taking the Eagles uh, minus six and a half. All right, Ed, where are you on this? I'm I'm going with the Vikings. That's a touchdown for a playoff team. It's just crazy. So I'm going to go with the Vikings. All right. So going by my Craig metric here, I'm going to be 0-2 on these first two games. I, I am as well <laughs> taking Minnesota. Minnesota's coming off a tough loss, embarrassing loss. Philly, like you said, they're coming off kind of a you know, short week now. They're a very physical game. Minnesota is 5-2 and two, straight up the last seven games on the road. Um, so I like them even getting points here. And then Philly is 5-12 and 12 against the spread the last 17 September games. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, I think Minnesota is not as bad as people think. I think Philly is as good as everybody think. But that, that number is too big. Six and a half. Too big. Give me the number. Too big. Six and a half. Should have been like three and a half. Uh, what's next? What do you got next? Uh, we'll, go, we'll go. Um, we'll go. We'll finish with uh, the New England game since that's what everyone wants to hear. So I'll go to finish. the. We're not finishing. You, we've only done two games. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm looking at three games. Let me, let me oh, okay, walk you ahead. through my. You get, <laughs> uh, we're going to go to the Chargers uh, at Tennessee. Chargers are minus three. Boy, you picked. You really picked an exciting one there. <laughs> Back at <laughs> Tennessee. Back Tennessee there. lost to New Orleans. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers. Chargers just you know they're they're loaded. They they look good. They almost won against Miami. Correct. Great. Yeah. Great game. I'm starting to think Justin Herbert's not even that good. Oh, he is too. He is good. Every time I, I'm like, man, he's the real deal. I watch him just be like absolutely terrible. So I'm just going to go with the Titans as my logic on this game because other than that, I have no idea. Great logic. So I was actually my first bullet point was um, this three is a small number in, the, in this game, uh, I believe. I think the quarterback advantage cannot be bigger. I think in a, in any NFL slate between Tannehill's on the decline and Herbert, who's a top five quarterback. Um, give me that. On top of that, the numbers favor the Chargers here. Chargers are 12-2 and two straight up the last 14 games against Tennessee. And then the Chargers are 7-3 and three against the spread uh, the last 10 road games. So Chargers, easy. This is my favorite pick of the week. Chargers roll. All right. Oh, good. I feel so much better now. Uh, now we're left with Seahawks at lines. I'll start one. The Seahawks were crushed by the Rams, 30-13 to 13 at home, and lost both of their offensive tackles. And as we know, the Lions beat the Chiefs on opening night and have had 10 days off. I'm going with the Lions. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Lions as well. Just uh, at home, they're, they're hungry again this year. They're fun to watch. I'm going with Detroit. I actually wrote down Seattle plus the points. Then I started looking into it. Uh, the injuries is what you touched on. Mm-hmm. But just the numbers. Um on top of the 10 days off, which is a stat in and of itself, Seattle is 1-9 against the spread the last 10 games. Oof. Detroit is 10-1 against the spread the last 11 games. So don't overthink this. Take the better team with the more you know vibrant coach at this point. Now, how old is uh, Carroll? 3,000. He might be a you know senator soon how, you know, with his age. <laughs> he was the, pa- um, he was the he, Patriots coach when I was in elementary school. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Yeah, lay, lay the 5.5. Don't overthink it. Easy, Another easy one. 
All right. And now Miami at New England. New England plus three. New England are home underdogs. That doesn't ha- happen very often. But Miami was, their offense was amazing. On opening day, they put up 536 yards. They had 23 plays of 10 plus yards. 23 play. I don't think I don't think Zach Wilson's had one of those since high school. <laughs> no, he had that his BYU senior year. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, he was great stat. at BYU. But uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, it's an interesting game. I'm excited about this game. This is Sunday night game. Uh, you start, Montante. I'm still thinking. Uh, I think the dirtbags uh, in Foxborough are going to have plenty of time to uh, get boozed up and go in there. And I'll be hungover by third quarter, but they'll, they'll be loud. They'll be loud mm-hmm. the entire time. Mm-hmm. I would love to pick pick on New England the entire year. I think you guys don't realize how bad this roster truly is. That being said, I was impressed second half. I don't know if it had anything to do with the Tom Brady ceremony. Miami going across the country. This, I'll, I'll take the three points. I would not touch the money line. Uh, I think that's a, an okay number for two teams that are going to play each other twice, you know, every year. I'll take I'll take New England in the points. And I feel a little queasy about it. I'll take do you have any points. Do you have any fun stats for this game? No, the this this the the numbers are kind of just mushy. So I'll just go with the gut feeling on this. I'm mushy numbers. <laughs> well, it wasn't the second half. It was legitimately the second quarter. Plus, uh, Mac Jones threw a touchdown for the other team as well. Their defense is solid, and Miami's not going to take it well, so I'm also going to go with the Patriots. Oh, man. Me too. We're all going with the Patriots, which means Miami will probably win in a rout. <laughs> but, uh, and, uh, they, I mean, they can't do what they did in opening day. Tua was the player of the week in the NFL. He just... 466. Great. Yeah. Great weapon. When, when, he, when, he knows, when he knows what planet he's on, he's a pretty good quarterback. They're going to yeah. ugly it up, though. They're going to get to him and rattle him. And, uh, you know, as everyone, as the announcers will say a hundred times, Belichick, you know, he can he survives a game plan better than anyone. And he'll Patriot, find a way. Patriots defense is strong, man. It's strong. He'll find a way. So we won't have a new Jets quarterback by next time we talk to you, correct? That's your prediction? No, I think before, uh, Jerry, before you get uh, all, you know, all slutted up for Halloween, we'll have a new quarterback here. <laughs> before you're in your little outfit. <laughs> uh, no, um, I'm going to go as Fetterman. I'm going to go as Fetterman for Halloween. Ironhead's going to go as uh, AOC's husband or boyfriend or whatever yeah. he is. <laughs> That's not a bad, uh, hey, if you, if you get the, if you get go, what goes along with it, it's not, yeah, a bad, uh, yeah. not a bad costume. I'll be uh, either him or uh, Oliver Anthony. I haven't decided That's yet. true. You could be Oliver Anthony. That'd be a good one. Yeah. He's, I, Oliver's kind of losing his mind, but anyway. <laughs> yes, he is. All right, Montante, thanks, man. Well, congratulations on your uh, opening weekend win over yeah. these. Over I kind of like, I like the uh, fifth game. So if you want to go going forward, the Jerry game of uh, the week, because I don't like going 500. I want to be either negative or positive. Good like, point. That's like a good that. point. Okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. That's easy enough. We do five games. That's not that hard. They're uh, posting this on uh, Rumble everywhere, right, Ironhead? Yep, posting on Rumble and YouTube. And just to reiterate, the Cowboys are going to kill the Jets. Cowboys killing the Jets. I got the Jets squeaking, not squeaking, went out covering. They're not going to win, but they're not going to lose by double digits. Anyway, we will see. We'll all be, uh, we'll all be watching. Thanks, Montante. Thanks. And thanks to everybody for uh, listening and commenting tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll read some of the comments and questions, send them in. Uh, We'll get to those tomorrow. I promise. I want to get to that, uh, Supercut of all the people saying there's no evidence against Joe Biden. We'll do that tomorrow, too. It's hilarious. It's two minutes of these shameless shills 
just these loyal lick spills sniffing the throne. It's really embarrassing, but it's fun. By the way, the Biden administration sent out an email, a memo to all the media telling them to defend them and attack the Republicans. Why? Do they think they really have to be told? That's what they do full time. Why do they even have to make that demand, that request? That's their job. They were going to do that anyway. Uh, But we have some of that tomorrow, and I'm sure there'll be lots, lots more of these, these stooges just bending over for the Biden crime family. We'll get to it, I promise. Thanks, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. God save the queen, man. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.